We'll try. Okay, here we go. And go. This is Travis Jennings with MyDebtReductionBlueprint.com, and you're listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Well done, sir. You <laughs> did I it. I think it's cool on the fly to end that up, so <laughs> that's <laughs> what you get, brother. It, it's, it works. It works. Nothing wrong <laughs> with that. Now, when I hit stop, it says doink, doink. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Jason Troy, thank you so much for coming back to Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going fantastic. I'm excited to be back on the podcast once again. It's always wonderful to uh, talk to a familiar face and a familiar audience once again. Yeah, I know. We had a blast and it was like October, I think, of 15. So it's been a while. So it'll yeah. be uh, it'll be great fun to catch up. Yeah. So you've got a new website, jasontroy.com. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on over there. Yeah. So it's J-A-S-O-N-T-R-E-U.com. So my parents didn't change. Well, my great-great-grandparents didn't change the spelling of my last name, so it causes me a million problems. Everyone (laughs) either gets it wrong or spells it wrong. Or they say true. or Yeah, and and it's funny because I went to Germany probably a decade ago uh, for work, and I thought it's going to be really exciting. I'm going to Germany, and people are going to pronounce my name right and spell it, and most of the people got it wrong. So I was like (laughs) at that point – I was, it was actually one of those things where I was actually really discouraged because I was like, wow, I was getting excited about this. And then I realized that like, if I can't have them spell it or say it right over there, I'm just going to have to live with this. And there's nowhere I'm going to go on the planet Earth where it's going to work. So I'm like, I just let it all go. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OK, I get that. You know, but, you know, I'm like the opposite of that. Right. My name's been Jeff Smith forever. So yeah, the only so, time that's yeah. that it's funny always, especially when you check into a hotel. I am Mr. Smith and this is Mrs. Smith. Okay, wink wink nudge nudge. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah. And then they're always like the example in in school books. Mr. Yes. Smith. <laughs> I'm like, oh crap. It's true. <laughs> all right. Like so it. now we've all gotten over our names. So we have. Yeah. Yeah. So you so are we, now focusing on uh, doing business and executive coaching. Tell us yeah, a little so, bit about it. So I was doing that. And what right. I found was that, you know, some of the, my, my typical clients are, you know, C level people, vice presidents in corporations. And I have very successful entrepreneurs. And so I really wanted to have a website that would reflect that. Now, I do work with other people. I have some older clients from years ago. And I mean, if my former clients or people that I work with or that I sold some products with, if they approach me, I work out a deal with them because I don't let people go um, that have done things with me in the past. So I still have them as well. And I just, I mean, it's really exciting just to have a new website, spend money on branding, get things done. I'll be doing a podcast shortly as oh, well. Cool. I'll get focused on that. And I'm just working on a bunch of 
you know, other projects as well. I've got another side project that I'm working on and then, you know, I'm going to work eventually on a product for the business. It's, uh, it's there, but it's pushed out cause I'm going to work on a group coaching, um, offering that I've more details soon. So just kind of working on this stuff and then just doing a lot of, uh, this having conversations with people on podcasts and TV and radio. And, uh, I love it. I'm an extrovert. So it's what I uh, love to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I'm loving this. Uh, I'm loving doing this podcast. And if you need any help, let me know. Just I will reach out. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some stories from some, from some of your clients. You've got a lot of interesting clients you've worked with. So yes. can you share any, any tidbits or stories from working with some interesting people? Sure. Well, I think one of the stories we talked about before we started was one of the things that really happens to successful people. And I don't really care what level they are or what they're doing. Eventually, what happens is typically people plateau, right? And they plateau because they've been successful and they've reached their ceiling on where they can get to, right? Their skill sets, their mindsets, they've maxed themselves out. And there really is nowhere else for them to go, right? Right, So what happens at that point is when you plateau for too long, you start to get bored. Sure. And when you start to get bored, what happens is is that you start typically, again, you start reverting to negative behaviors. And negative behaviors will be, right, you'll be getting in relationships with people that you shouldn't be. Um, That could be people where you're having affairs or that could be dating people that you shouldn't be dating, right, or not really good for you. You may be drinking too much. You may get into drugs, gambling, um, just Netflixing all the time, just being distracted in your life. And all of those things eventually over time – create crisis moments, right? Because they start to have effects, right? So if you have an affair, you'll get caught and that leads to a divorce, which leads you to a breaking point, right? Where it leads you to hit rock bottom. And usually people hit multiple rock bottoms at some point um, that leads them to actually seek out help. Because I've talked to a lot of sports psychologists and, you know, and basically from reading and speaking to them, Successful athletes and other people do not change because they just want to change. It's they have to have some sort of pain, right? I mean, oh, right, right, right. It'd be great to think that you could generate actions that would give you the edge, right, when you're on top. But people typically do not seek. In fact, it's extremely rare. I mean, I've talked to a lot of sports psychologists and they're like at successful athletes. They don't do that. Right. They, they go they, to their, their system is so good that they don't want to mess with it. It's almost like yeah. they're superstitious about it. Yeah. And they may tweak it a little bit, but they're not doing right. overhauls of it uh, at, at any point in time when they're on the upswing. Right. Which is exactly yeah. when you have to, because the problem is once you hit the peak and start falling down, it's too late because then you'll eventually start to crash. Right. Something, happen right, right, right where you right. have to overhaul i mean you can look at michael phelps i mean you can look at back at even michael jordan one he that all fell apart for him i mean so it's it, every athlete's pretty much kind of the same and it's like with tiger people, woods he, right oh, exactly right he had I a mean, total blow up he is and he's yeah. still trying to get himself out of it right, right now right 
Um, and that all led to, you know, because we've Tiger Woods too. look at all the successive things that happened. If you look at him, that hit made him hit his rock bottom. Right. And now yeah. that rock bottom is taking right. him forever to get back out of. Wow. And so the problem with that pain is, is that, again, you got to hit that rock bottom to actually create some sort of change. Now, again, a lot of people hit those rock bottoms and they keep making excuses and don't reach out for change. And so they just keep at that very low level. That's why successful business people you rarely see someone who's done something great and continues to do something great over time. That that's those are the rarities in business. Period. Now, whether it's on a local level, a regional level, or a national or global level, it's the same thing. I mean, I, I've looked at this for a long time. Mm. So you know, I've I have clients like that, right? And that you have to really get, get treat them with. Tr- kid gloves in the beginning right because right, right, they right, need a right. lot of sympathy they need a lot of empathy at that point and they need you have to actually travel back and show them their path and how they got off mm-hmm. and how they hit their rock bottom and then people can make the ascension up so you know one story as I was working with the chairman of a really large company here it's a billion dollar company and again you can people are listening to this just because he's a chairman, it doesn't matter. You can substitute any successful people, right? A right. successful person, he started a company from absolutely nothing, left a successful job, you know, 20 some years ago. He was, you know, eating tacos basically from a 7 Eleven because he had no money mm. and he's trying to get this company off the ground. And, you know, then he's, you know, built it up to over a billion dollars, right? And now he's right. chairman of this company. But, you know, having that success, he was just didn't know what to do next, right? I mean, there's no handbook that a successful person says, well, hey, when you reach this level, you should be doing A, B, and C, right? It is actually a paradox because a lot of folks talk about a letdown, right? Have you ever heard that? Oh, you know, it happens all the time. And like, this is a side story. So, you know, I've had a couple of my clients have sold businesses or franchises. And it's so funny because you think if they're getting 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 80, a hundred million dollars in that they would throw some celebration, you know, pop the champagne, get all excited and pumped. But every single one of them, now, I'm talking 100%, not 90, not 80, not 70, mm. feel this sense of loss and this letdown. Yeah. And more, and more so, the people, if you're in some sort of like getting coaching and getting help, I found that then when you go through that process, you feel it a little bit less if you've gone through it for a longer period of time. But if you haven't, you feel a huge sense of loss because you look back nostalgic in the memories and realize I don't have those anymore. And right, the money in the right, bank right. account doesn't doesn't fill that void because now all those people you worked with led or the business you had is no longer there and you've got nothing to fill it with because money won't that's not how competitive people and successful people think. The void doesn't get filled with material objects, although they might be buying them and there may be momentary times yeah, when yeah. it feels good. There's a hollowness in their soul. Yeah, at yeah. That that, yeah. that, that really, empty feeling, yeah. It feels empty. It, right. it's, it's, you know, You're I, I a football have, guy, right? So I, yeah. congratulations to your Dallas Cowboys, right? Yes. Wow, number one seed. <laughs> How great up, are they? I'm excited. Did, yeah, you ever, so I, did you ever hear uh, Brett Favre talk about what he felt like after they won the Super Bowl, after he got over the elation? You know, yeah, he, I, I, I haven't. He he had some time to step away, and and not a lot of people hear this story, but he said he felt empty. After, yeah, yeah, right. You know exactly what he's been fighting his whole life yes. for that moment, yeah. and then that moment was here, 
and then it was gone. And right. then the expectation is, okay, win it next year. And so there's right, never right, right, right. Yes, right. yes, yes. And you have to enjoy that. the right. success and the journey along the way because the end will not leave you with anything, and that's the problem, right? Yep. People don't enjoy the success and enjoy it with their teams, and it's not embedded in corporate America's culture, right? I mean, right, that's right. A, I'm working on a speech on really the fact that we don't. The connectedness in corporate America is really at an all-time low, and that is the key because we spend so much time um, at work or thinking about work that we have to build relationships and friendships inside of work like we do outside of work. And if we don't do that, we're going to feel empty because the relationships are the key to life, right? I mean, that's – no one put a tombstone up that said they had, they worked a good life, right? I mean, <laughs> it's about the relationships that you have. Yeah. And that's the key, right? It's the we're here to feel connected to the world around us and then feel that belonging with people that we care about. And you can't just do that outside of work because you think about work, right? You're at home at night. You're thinking about what you have to do that week or sending emails. So the reality is, is that most people are working 60 to 80 hours a week either physically in the office and doing physical work at some level, right? Typing, you know, giving speeches, traveling, or they're just thinking about it in their head, right? Right, right. And they're not not able to like turn it off. Turn it off. So you you better be able to build some great relationships with the people that you work with because otherwise you're not going to have any time, right? And that's why people feel like I don't have any time to go out and meet people and do stuff. Well, yeah, you do. You work with all these people. You have to be able to do that. So, um, but, you know, going back, like it's it's just hard when you feel that emptiness when you're selling stuff. So, you know, I, what I found was that, you know, that's a real problem for people who are very successful is how do you take the next step? And, you know, people just peter out. So this client of mine, what he what he did was he uh, kept going to work every day, basically in the company. And so we had an office in the in the corner office. Well, it was right next to the CEO. So what happened was because he was showing up every day, the CEO wasn't really the CEO of the company because he always had to check in with them and looking over his shoulder. So what happened is, is that he was basically still running the company, even as chairman of a company, which is really weird. That's not like a normal thing. I mean, chairman, for people who don't know, like they'll just drop in a board meetings. Maybe they have an office in bigger companies and maybe they drop in here and there, but it's not that they're not supposed to be running the day to day. Yeah. They're not there every day. And if they're showing up every day, everyone assumes that they're still doing it. Well, it basically makes for an extremely like inefficient company and all the company was doing well. It's still short. It it really cuts the CEO's legs underneath, which is not a good thing to have and to build a company longer term. So, you know, as we were talking about this, you know, I brought that up to him. You know, he went through a lot of things going back from childhood and other things that went on. And he started to connect the dots going forward. I was like, well, there's two things we can do, right? You can sit here every day and you can consult and make some money in this industry and do some small things and invest in companies in these sectors that you know about. And it's great. I mean, you'll make some money. But you really won't be living your life on the highest level, right? And doing the things that you can do because you're charismatic, you're a smart person. We got to put you in a place where you can start to really grow and really expand, right? So I was like, there was a TED conference coming up in like three months. And I said, well, we're going to go to TED and you're going to crush it. Now, TED is like the number two conference in the world. And it's pretty intimidating for people who have not gone because most people – 
you, most people are not first time people. There's most of the people have gone five, 10, 15 or 20 years. Right. So it's not wow. an easy thing to do. Right, so, right. you know, I've had people that have go, gone before. I know the conference fairly well. So we planned a, a total game plan out. He knew one person going, that was a pretty decent networker. So we contacted and we planned, you know, so a couple dinners that he, they would actually host. So there was some investment, but not that much. And then even details like, okay, at 2 a.m. in the morning, people are going to want to go, you know, want to do something. Well, ship in some booze, right? So you <laughs> can go in your suite, right? You yeah. get people up. Well, you got to be thinking about these things. And like we detailed this out because I wanted him to meet people because that's where he could find deals and opportunities because that people were successful either have them or know of people that have them. So what happened was he met a lot of great people. He ended up getting on uh, the board of TEDx, reforming all the TEDx conferences around the world. He's on right now. He also stemmed from it, got a couple investments that are massive, right? I mean, I, I think end of the day, the investments will probably yield in the next probably three to four years, like, you know, 500 to 750 million dollars off of a less than 10 million dollars investment wow. <laughs> um, those are pretty got, good deals yeah you got, he's got on the board of x prize and x prize is a oh that's exclusive huge. with oh, peter yeah. diamantis and if you don't know him peter diamantis uh is you know tony robbins works with him right right peter diamantis is one of the leading people and x prize basic an organization that is funding they get pools of money and they do stuff like launching a rocket over to the like Mars. Like, right, right. How do they do like crazy audacious things. Yeah, yeah. Audacious things that are changing the world. Right. How do I basically teach an education to people across the world on an iPhone app and who can do it? And they give someone right, like $10 right. million dollars and it's a competition. Right. So X prize is a big thing. So he's one of 50 people on the main X prize and he got invited to do that. So it's become a limitless opportunity and he's got a lot and, and some of the other deals he's in now because of meeting new people, he's bringing those people in and making those deals way more successful and he's getting a way more, a lot more money out of those end of the road too. So those deals are even more money on top of the stuff he's making. So he's living the life that he really wants to live and right. it's on the highest level. And now the only thing stopping him is him because he knows right. what he can do and he has all these avenues up. Now, that's not what 99% of people do, right? I mean, you know, and, and it's funny is the company that he built within five years of doing all this, he'll make more, he'll make, you know, five, six, seven times more money than he will on the company that he spent 20 years building. And that's what you should be doing, right? Yeah. You taking your experience and levering it. So that's like, you know, one great story. And that's like probably my best client in terms of like, monetary Blow success, success and blowing right, it up, right, right. right? But the point also is, is that he is re he's really happy being an active investor, meaning that he can go into these companies, he can spend a lot of time and then pop out. He doesn't have to have a job where he's working 30 hours a week. Right, he's or, got the autonomy yep. and the, the, yeah. the creativity, yes. right, right, and more and control, right? Now we've given him, he's going to have more money to fund and get investments in other people, right? And that's also helpful because he doesn't have to hit a home run. Well, we, we've hit, we had one grand, like mega grand slam that will, you know, never, I mean, I couldn't probably never do that for another client again, but it was one of those ones that, but we write timing and it's all things lined up, right? I mean, you have to have a plan and execute it and then good things happen along the way. So like, so, did, uh, did you, I, I, now I'm curious because we talked about the, 
the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset, right? Yep. So once uh, once you've gotten someone one of your clients through one of these big transitions, do you focus on trying to like keep that mindset growing into the future? So they yeah. they kind of adopt maybe slowly at first, but like, cause it seems like, like, especially like the top performer athletes that are afraid of change and, and, and can't really change without that big crisis moment. They're kind of stuck in that fixed mindset. And maybe some of these CEOs yeah. and high level executives are too. So what sort of things do you encourage them to engage in, uh, to develop or, at, at least maybe, you know, start to see the growth mindset as a, as a, maybe a, a more, um, open and, uh, fulfilling sort of, uh, approach to life. Well, one of the things that happens out of this, and this is the best byproduct is part of that growth mindset becomes part of their operating system. Right. So they do stuff when they don't even know. So I'll give you an example. So I, I was working, um, with a woman, uh, who's a, CTO and a really large company. And I work working with her now for a year and a half going on two years. And I met her and she was in a horrible marriage, right? I mean, things were really, really bad, right? right and right. I, I've been in that with some people and I've helped them save the marriage when they didn't think it was possible. In this situation, the other person, uh, was not participating. So there wasn't a choice. So, you know, I helped her help her find an attorney. So, you know, that's your job as a coach, right? That's also the huge thing. Like ha having a network that I have, I can set up people with the right people. So I can, I don't have to have all the answers, right? Because that's silly as a coach, right? you got to build out a network, but I have a network of world-class people in many, many different things. And if I don't know, I have great people I can ask who know great people, right? And so- sure. Right. So you start building it out. So it helped her through that whole transition. And that was a huge transition. But underlying that whole transition was she's always placed other people ahead of herself and always rationalized the outcomes. Right. And that's why she stayed in a marriage way too long is because she rationalized that. So what's interesting, what happened was now she's in a job where she loves the company. She loves um, the people that she's around, but she doesn't love a job. So mm. instead of waiting to the point where she got burned out completely or really upset or really mad, she just went into the CEO's office and was like, hey, you know, th I, I want to do a different job. And here's a couple of the jobs and season opportunities in the companies and jobs that we could create here and something that I could do. And I don't want to be in this role anymore. Right. So mm. I can transition and we can find someone to take this role. And he was pretty receptive to it. And he's like, let's work on this together and find a way through it. You know, and I talked to her actually yesterday and she was excited and happy and like you could see the level of stress. And I said, the key is you learned from what had happened in your marriage and other places that if you actually are proactive and put yourself first, you don't need to go to that valley where you're hitting that rock bottom. Right. right what right. you did was you took action in advance of when you normally would ever take it so you didn't have to go through those several years of pain period. Because in the past, what would have happened, she would have kept doing this job for the next few years, been miserable, and then been in a world of crap, and then quit, or been just like wanting to jump out the window. It would have, it, yeah, it would have been definitely the crisis moment. Right, right. So she right. learned from that, right? And so even though you don't, and she was like, I didn't even think about it like that. And I said, yes, your emotions, your psychology and everything else. Once you believe and trust yourself, 
you actually start taking actions without you even knowing it, right? And not even putting it with all the work that you did. So there's a huge byproduct that happens with that, that you can change your complete operating system. So you will continue to do things in a different way than you've ever done them before, right? But a lot of times you won't think it like that because it's now the norm, right? And and it's now now your baseline. Your baseline has just changed, right? It's just like if you're running a 12 minute mile. Well, at some point when you're running an eight minute mile, you, you don't even think about it anymore. Right. And you don't go back and think that about when you ran the 12 minute mile either. I mean, when you talk to people who are running, they're thinking about how do I get to seven minutes? <laughs> right, 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 right. But they've gone, but now their baseline is completely changed from where it was before. So that's a huge byproduct of it. So the other, so when I talk about people in general and what I try to tell them to do is a couple of things. One is that ego is your enemy, right? Ryan Holiday wrote a great book called Ego is the Enemy. And that's what brings down people because what happens with people who are very successful is most successful people believe because they were successful doing one thing, they'll be successful in the next venture. And it never is the case because whatever they did, there was timing, there was an industry-specific thing, there may have been other variables involved. And even if they do something in the same industry, it doesn't mean they'll be successful. And what happens is, is that ego gets in the way and it, pre- and it prevents them from taking advice, getting help, doing all the things they actually did on the way up on the last one. But they don't think of it like that. So it brings them down and the ego hurts them. So if you, how you get out of that, the antidote is gratitude, right? Being grateful. Right, right, right. Um, right. Practicing gratitude, thanking people around you, doing things like that. That actually is the antidote for ego and really putting it in check. Well, that's one piece of it that happens. The other part is education, right? Because curiosity is one of the most undervalued qualities in the mm. world. And it's mm-hmm. what... Every successful person I know that's consistently successful over a very long period of time does, right? There's like Richard Branson, I and mean, he does all this charity stuff. He has Necker Island. Why do you think he does that? Do you th- it's not just because he wants to help other people. He's constantly meeting new people that are giving him new ideas. Right, that <laughs> right, the way, right, right. Changing the way he's thinking. Well, you know what? That makes him a great business person because he's never getting left behind. He's, well, actually he's a growth junkie, basically. Yeah, yes. right. <laughs> but he's also bringing people to him. Right. So instead of seeking them out, they're coming to him so it's the right. most efficient way. Plus – He's also giving, right? So in that whole process, he's actually helping other people. So it's actually a double win for him and and for everyone who goes and participates. So that's part of it is really education. And how you do that is you have to go join masterminds, Mm, uh, groups, which is mastermind people don't know. It's just getting together with like-minded, successful people over a period of time and meeting together um, and then, you know, just helping each other grow. And it just depends on the mastermind. Um, or conferences. Um, I went to a great one in December in Austin, Freedom Fast Lane, where there's a lot of great speakers. Um, I go to them all the time. They're an investment. And yes, they're a lot of money, but that's how you grow because you get a lot of great ideas. And I met a lot of great people. Right, um, right. Now, I met this author, Jesse Eitzler, who has this great book, Living with a Seal for 30 Days. He, his wife is uh, Sarah Brinkley, I believe that's her last name, and she is the owner of Spanx. So oh, Billy, wow. Holy cow. Richie got from scratch. Yeah, good for her. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, no, and so I met him and got, the, and it was awesome. He's like, I love I love the book, and so it was like sitting down with him for 30 minutes was priceless, right? And uh, mm. so that was, but 
I couldn't have done that if I didn't go to the conference. Right. So you have to actually get out there and do it and take action, right? I mean, I met all these other great people there and all these great experiences. You know, I was gone for a week going on mastermind into a conference, which is really difficult, but um, but I pushed myself to do it and I got great results and great things coming out of it. So you got to do stuff like that consistently. And the third, because then you need the support of all those people too, right? It's, it's when you meet them, they can support and help you and you can't do this by yourself. And that's the problem. You're n- no one's a lone ranger. You're not Superman. Right. I would say right. That's so true. So the third thing is really, you have to bet on networking people because people are going to help you in many different ways and make your life easier. Like my, my first client had told you about the chairman. Well, now, you know, he's going to be able to source more deals than he ever did before. Not only that, he can bring in people to ensure that he's at least hitting a single on a deal, which means he's basically getting his money back, right? Okay. Or he can at least get more money out of it than he could because he can bring in bankers, he can bring in other marketing people, other tech people, because he's going to be able to ask all these people, do you know of any great people? Well, when you're on all these boards of people, of course they know people. That's like, they're, I mean, sitting there with a huge, massive network of people, right? And you don't have to do anything. So it makes it so much easier to be successful if you can start meeting people and building relationships over time, right? So you've got to have that network that you're continually building up, right? And some, and that's why some of these mastermind groups, I love doing them because it's easy to keep track of people because I'm in a Facebook group with them and then I'm meeting with them, you know, uh, three or four times a year for, you know, two, three, four days at a time. So oh, I don't wow. it's not hard to keep track of some of them and I'm meeting all these new people, which is, you know, helping me grow um, and think out of the box. So I, you know, when you do that, you can be successful. Now, typically, which I'll, I'll say as much is that even when people grow, you, even though you're doing stuff like that, you it will eventually plateau and you of will course. eventually, right? And so what happens though with the plateau is you have all these other resources. So what happens is, is you'll start to figure out and try new stuff. And maybe in the right. beginning won't go as well, but what will happen is you will quickly then have a massive upswing. And you've also built in some of that, what you were talking about, some of that gratitude, but you've also sort of like, you're more now aware yes. of those feelings of boredom. Right, right. You've got a, a little bit more, you're more tuned into your own inner compass, right? And you trust <laughs> yourself more, right? Yeah, you trust right. emotions to say, if you're feeling bad or stressed out for, you know, a or long you're Netflixing time, too much or, you know, you, you know, <laughs> immediately the voice inside of you starts to tell you something and we'll have to make a move. Right. People shut it down and they ignore right. it. Right, they right. don't trust it. But now when they go through this, they do. And right. so what happens then is they can get they don't prolong these situations. So the pain in their life is significantly less and they step up and they're willing to take action because now they have the evidence if they take massive action, even if they're in massive pain, they will get results. And no matter what, because they may not be successful the, the first thing they try, but then they can pivot and they know if they pivot a couple of times, at least it will end up being successful. So they're willing to do all these things and they're willing to take a leap of faith without the evidence where before there was a huge hesitation, right? And right, they need right. me to hold their hand. Well, there's fear, there's the hand. ego and all those. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now they just need to help me point out the direction and get some support, but more in the sense of cheering them on 
not having to try to hold their hand, which is a whole different process. So, well, they can get, I think also, I think a big shift is, and I found this in me is instead of having that, like sort of like fear moment, it's almost like a, an excited, like there's something new coming. (laughs) There's a new chapter and that's awesome. It's, it's like a total, you know, 180 from moving from the fear of something new to getting yeah. excited that I can, I, I, all this shit's boring and I'm moving on <laughs> and that's awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's awesome. Right. right, and, I would, right. And, I, and I'd say the other thing people start to learn is that there is no good time or best time to take action. The best time to take action is now. And you don't, you know, a lot of the times what people do is they wait around for a confirmation or they, the best plan or doing all this stuff. It doesn't work like that. I right. mean, yeah, there are times when you can't go out and invest in a company without the, doing due diligence, right? But there's a time when you just have to take action. And the great thing now is like my one client, if he dropped, you know, uh, he, in a couple of years, dropping a couple million dollars and having it not work won't really matter. It just right. won't, right? right but right. the upside and most of those things were going to work out one way or another, right? He'll get that money back or he'll double it or something else um, at least because he'll be able to put the resources in. But, it, but, he, but he'll be able to take action and not have fear of loss, right? And that's what people do instead of taking action. They have fears in their head that stop them. And one of the – you know, I was listening to a podcast with this guy, David Goggins. He's like the most decorated uh, Navy SEAL. He was actually a Navy SEAL. He went to Army Ranger school. He set the world record in push-ups. He's done <laughs> wow. ten, 10 toughest um, Ironman races to raise money for uh, – people children special forces that died um to get actually or not children but the but the husbands right so they Mm, can send the kids college okay Uh, and so the guy was he was saying in there he said you just need to get off your ass and take action stop worrying about the right time and just do it just actually do it because that's how you'll get the evidence that you need that it's working and you know, you're not going to find motivation will not help you get out of your house and run, you know, in Chicago now when it's two degrees out in the morning. Right. 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 It won't. But passion and purpose and finding those things will. And I think that's so true. But I think you just got to start taking action because no one feels like this morning I woke up and I was tired and I was like, you know, wouldn't it be easy to stay in my bed? But of course I went and worked out because I knew I'd feel better. But also, I knew that if I let myself do it today, I would let myself do it tomorrow. Mm. So I don't let my mind or anything else stop me from doing what I have to do. I just do it, and I don't worry about it, and yeah, I don't yeah. think about it. And, that's, and, that's, and I think that's the key for my clients that really helps them after they start doing this stuff, and then they start getting more results, right? And then they, if they do decide to stay in bed for a couple, they, all of a sudden they're like, I got to stop this right away. Right. Or other people, this could go on for months or years. Yeah, it man. will take them yeah. days or a week at the most. And they'll say, I got to get out there and go work out. I don't care if it's 20 below zero, I'm going to find a way yeah. and I'm going to get where I got to get. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's, and that's the key, no matter what level you're on it, people is that you just got to start taking action. Is that even the right action? Right. Like if say if you're, you're thinking about, well, I don't know if I love the job that I'm doing. Well, you know what? I had a, I had a client of mine who uh, uh, was a health and fitness coach. And um, 
he uh, came to me because he was meeting with Richard Branson and wanted to make it really meaningful. So we had a game plan and he worked out with them for 30 minutes. And, you know, he actually turned that into something. But then, you know, we still stuck. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And I said, OK, we'll just do a podcast show. Right. And his name's Ted Rice. It's Ted. It's R-Y-C-E. He's got a very successful podcast show out there right now. And he's doing a lot of speaking on it. And, you know, he went through a lot of tragedies. His, you know, brother was, um, you know, uh, attacked and like kidnapped and killed. Oh, my God. Um, wow. yeah, it's a big case in Florida too. If you, uh, look it up, I forgot his first name, but it, it, it was a huge thing. And the person was in prison and they had a death penalty case and they was executed a couple of years ago, I think maybe two. And so it was a, that was a huge issue too, that I helped them through. But, you know, he went out and spoke on it and now he's building a business, right? And he's still, you know, it's still uphill battle, but he's no longer sitting there having to be a fitness trainer and doing this stuff is the only outlet in his business, right? So it, over time, he's going to build the successful business that he ultimately wants. And he's got a great podcast show. He's meeting people. He's doing stuff. So there's always things you can do when you're stuck, right, to figure out the next step. And it may be an interim step like the podcast show, not because you're worried about being the best podcast, but because you're meeting people and networking right. and able to pick their brains. So then you can figure out what to do next, right? So when I wrote my book, one of the things that I did was I was like, I want to talk about relationships, right? But I, I thought to myself, but I don't really know what. So, and I said, maybe there's something more that I should be talking about too. So what I did was in 2011, I interviewed 40 really successful people like the, um, the financial editor, the, the NBC Today show, I talked to Adam Grant, who's a famous author and just spoke at TED last year. I spoke to like the number one sake expert in the world, the woman who had a business with Gwyneth Paltrow. And it was a little bit easier back then to get a hold of people because podcasting wasn't anywhere near where it is now. Right. But I didn't have some great show. I basically just made up stuff and talked to people. <laughs> um, yeah. And what I did was I just did basically grounded research. So I said to myself, I'm going to get all these podcasts. I'm going to do all these podcasts. I'm going to look at all the data and I had them all transcribed and I just reread them. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book on how to build great relationships because everyone seemed to mention that as like a key part of what got them through the crisis was other people right, or what helped right. them get to the next level. So I was like, okay, that's in my wheelhouse. And that's when I decided to write the book and then focused on that. But uh, that's how I got there. So I think if people are out there thinking to themselves, okay, well, I don't know what to do. Just start somewhere, right? And you right. got to start doing it, right? Even if it's like, okay, I don't have a lot of activities in my life and I don't know what activities I want to do to get out. Well, then just go take a painting class or go join a running club. If you go one time and hate it, you know, maybe you try one more time, but then that'll tell you what, and then ask yourself, why don't I like it? And mm. then if you say it's because, well, the painting class, because I'm not talking to people. Okay. Great. Well, then join a reading club. So you're reading a book and then talking to people about it, right? So it's telling you that you want more verbal conversation and, and not like the creative part's important maybe, but it's also important to have that talking. So you just got to try stuff and then figure out and ask yourself quickly, why am I not liking this or why is this not working for me? And then you can pivot to the next thing and eventually you'll find all the stuff that you want to do. But the key thing is just You've got to take action and you can't and don't wait till like most of my clients who come to me to hit their rock bottom. And it happened to me too, right? I mean, 
take the action now. If you're listening to this, you're, you're in the mode of some things you want to get better in your life. You find areas that you know that you can, well, just start doing something. It doesn't have to necessarily be the right thing now, but you just got to do something. It doesn't have to be huge. No. No. It could be, you know, like, uh, I don't really feel like getting out and working out, but I think I could manage to go for a walk. You know? <laughs> you start there. At least right? you're moving. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, you start there. And you start you start small. Yeah. And then you say to yourself, okay, you know, I'm going to walk around the block 10 minutes, right? And mm. then next week I'm going to do 20. And I'm going to yeah. do 30. I'm going to do it three times a week, right? Start and then I'm going to look at yeah. the next thing, right? And then I'm going to keep... Every week, I'm going to keep doing more for the entire year, and that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to make that as a commitment no matter what. And I'm going to do three days a week no matter what I have to do. And we find in life, and I talk to people, that I don't care how busy you are. Like this Navy SEAL was training for an adventure, uh, an adventure race, like a 100-mile race. And what he said was uh, he found a way that he had – every day he had to work from like seven – a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. So what he did was he got up at 3 a.m. and trained and rode and and ran to work and then took a shower and then got ready there and then did it every single day. And so we said, if I can do that, you can too. He just found a way. He didn't say, well, I have to get up at 7 a.m. so there's no way I can do that. No, he said, I'll just, I'm just, then I'm just basically going to get up at 3 a.m. and do it. I'm going to find a way. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to find a way. I don't care what your situation is. You can yeah. find a way. You can enroll people, your kids to help you. You can find things to do that can give you the time that you need to do whatever you got to do. You just got to want to do it and take action and ask people to help you and they'll do it because they care about you um, because they want the best for you. You just got to do it. Jason Troy, uh, this has been a blast. We're going to wrap up pretty quick. I just wanted to run a couple of uh, uh, one thing actually by you. Uh, the last time I did international travel, I went to Japan to visit um, some my wife's family and friends. That's awesome. It was awesome. But even last uh, the la- I went last year too, and and I noticed on the plane ride that the I just tried to keep my inner voice always positive. So, and every year before that, I was always really a whiny mess (laughs) about that flight and all of that travel, right? It's really easy to slip into that, that man, this sucks and God, I want to be in bed and I can't wait to get there. And Oh, I just, I just need a shower, right? All those, all that stuff that's really not helping because guess what? Doesn't, doesn't really matter what I think. I'm not going to get in bed for another several hours, right? So yeah. I can I can make a choice now, and I did yes. in my last couple of trips, of just saying I'm okay, I, I'm okay, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I could get up and move around, and you know maybe I'll get some water, but I'm okay, I'm all right, I'm not so bad, and that totally worked. But the new thing I did this year was during our uh, our visit, right? Every day at around say like 1 p.m. to like 3 p.m., I would literally feel like sick. Like, oh, I think I'm going to puke or, oh, you know, uh, I just feel like really bad. And I would say to myself in my head, I'm okay. I'm just jet lagged and I'm going to feel crappy for a while, but I'm okay. And I would just push through it, right? Yep. You know, and oh my God, 
you know, I always thought that that positive talking stuff was kind of BS, but it totally works. It, to- it totally works. <laughs> it totally works. And then usually like around 4 p.m. I would recover and feel fine. So. You know what I do for on plane flights now? So what changed my whole mindset on plane fl- flying too is right. I listen to podcasts every flight now. That's like my go-to thing. Right. Um, and so what I do is I go be- a couple days before I'll download the podcast and I'll look at the ones and I'll be pumped because I'm like, man, I'm going to get a lot of stuff done. Or I'll plan a writing exercise or a planning exercise. <laughs> so then what I'll do is I'll at the end of the flight, I'll feel very accomplished because I'm doing things and I'm learning and I'm engaging right, myself. Right, so right. I look forward to the flight, not the other way around. And I think if you find – you have to learn to play little tricks and games with yourself, right? Yeah, yeah totally. And it's it, it self-talk is one of the key things on helping your uh, emotions and managing them inside because self-talk will either derail you or it will help you, right? It's kind of the mm. same thing. Like if you're having a bad day, right, you can sit there and say it's a crappy day. You know what? That's okay because we all do that and that's – and I Sometimes think that's you normal. just – for whatever reason, you just lose. <laughs> And that's fine. It happens, but, yeah. But what you should ask yourself also is what's the lesson I need to learn, right? Mm. Because if you ask yeah. yourself better questions, you'll get better answers. Because the problem is, is yes, you had a bad day, but something happened along the way to cause it. Now, sometimes that may be, um, you know, things that are out of your control, which that's fine, right? Because then the what's the lesson? Sometimes it's just like bad things just happen, right? But a lot of the times that's not the case, you have a lot of control over it. And I think then you can start, if you say to yourself, I'm having a bad flight or I don't like flying, what's the real reason behind it? Well, how can I make it more fun? How can I make it be more useful for me right. so I can have a better experience? But the other thing I'll tell you too, and this is a real, this is a trick, a hack, yeah. is I'm big it. into this guy called the mypointsguy.com. Okay, mypointsguy. Dot com. Okay. He is the best person. I, I have friends that have been doing this and I have not for a while. And now I could kick myself for not doing it. But you do it by focusing on getting points, right? On your <laughs> airline and hotels. Okay. Now, and that gives you more status, free things, free nights. I mean, right. all these great things. Well, I, I have now, you know, this year um, or <laughs> last year, I basically got $6,500 worth of travel um, for spending $900 on um, some credit cards. Now, I spent more money to get it, but that's the amount of money I spent to get some credit cards, right? There's a bunch of – there's Sapphire. There's Chase Sapphire. You can get 50,000 points. Wow. Which is basically a dollar for every point, right? Um, or not a dollar, but a cent, a, a cent for every point, right? But then you also get like 50% buybacks on them for airlines and stuff. So you can accumulate all these points and stuff. And it's crazy. Like this year, I probably won't have to pay for almost any of my flights. I mean, they'll all be free. And wow. because I'm using my American Express business and some other cards, I'm constantly accumulating things. So I'm managing my points and stuff through that um, so I can really get, you know, more stuff. So I would look at that and use that. Yeah, And sure. you do is kind of like, you know, um, the other tidbit is on Southwest airlines for people. The other great thing is you can get a companion pass and I've got friends who do this. Whoa. You can get the business card and the personal card and you have to spend like $5,000 total. You'll get 90,000 points. 
If you get another 20,000 points or $20,000, you get a companion pass. And on Southwest Airlines, the great thing about it is you can fly with someone else for free. The other person flies for free. And if you get on the plane, so do they. Um, and it's amazing thing. And if you get it like, you know, wow. in any 2017, and it can be your period, life too. It can't, it can't, <laughs> no, it can't, no, it oh, can't, can. it can, yeah, anyone, it can be anyone. You can That's switch great. up to times a year. <clears throat> yeah. But the thing is, if you get it anytime in 2017, it's good through 2018. <laughs> So it's uh, it's a well, fantastic. we fly Southwest all the time. So I'm okay, gonna have that's to check that out. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Hey. You can you can you can stack the points, and then all you got to do is spend money on it, and then you can get something um, that uh, is fantastic, right? And you just you know you don't spend more money, but you just take your usual purchases, right. and instead of right, spending, right, right. Yeah. you just spend them. You're gonna uh, you're gonna spend the like, money anyway. Yeah, yeah. And you just manage it like that. But instead of doing other things. You just use these cards. And I'm telling you, like, I don't care how much money you make or whatever happens, you can get a lot of value out of this and really get a lot of travel freebies um, that you would never get before, which will really make your travel experiences better and enable you to travel a lot more for free. Yeah, I love it. And my wife would love that one too. It sounds pretty easy too. It's simple to do. I like easy. Yeah. It's simple. <laughs> hey, Jason, this has been a blast. I'm going to let your doggy have in its bathroom fit be our, yes. our, our cue to call yep. it a show. <laughs> I know. Don't worry about it. I love it. It's great. Don't worry about it. So I appreciate you being on my show again, Jason Troy. Did I say? I think I might have just screwed up your name. Okay. You got it right. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. And it's jasontroy.com. And yeah. uh, you're helping out corporate people and offering coaches and uh, your CEO secret weapon. Yep. And it's Jason T R E U.com. Because if you go to you, yeah. Cause if you go to Jason, if you, if you spell it out the way you say it, you won't go anywhere. So, okay. Jason Troy T R E U.com. Thank you so much for being on my show and, and hanging out with me. This has been a blast. Hey, thanks. All right. Have a good one. Okay. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.